Up next, how the Minnesota Catholic Conference is helping empower students to defend life and dignity. This and more as Real Presence Live continues. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Before we head into our next segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can listen to programming from your local area, find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows, submit a prayer intention, and see the latest cancellations and announcements that are coming with coronavirus precautions. Be sure to check it out, realpresenceradio.com. Okay, we're happy to have with us this morning Jason Adkins, who's the Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. He's with us by phone. I'm sure he's busy there in St. Paul with everything that's going on and all the accommodations that are being made for the coronavirus. And uh, we're talking today about empowering students to defend life and dignity, but Jason, we were speaking a little bit before we went live about how is the legislature conducting its business out there? So the Minnesota legislature is in session until the constitutionally mandated uh, closure date of May 18th. Uh, right now, the legislature has had to find creative ways to still conduct its business and do the work of the people, and, and while at the same time maintaining uh, uh, good public health standards. So a lot of what's been going on at the Capitol is done remotely. Uh, committee hearings are done through uh, electronic communications like Zoom meetings and things like that, and you've got to sign up, to, like you would normally, you'd have to sign up to testify, but um, there's a, a limited, you know, not everyone can just jump in, so there's pre-set testifiers and there's a lot of coordination that has to happen with that. And so it's, it's the legislature has been really proactive in finding creative ways to do the people's business. Um, there have been moments, though, to get around constitutionally mandated requirements like legislatures, legislators need to be in the city of St. Paul when votes are taken on the floor. So to accommodate social distancing, you'll have legislators sitting outside the chamber. You'll have, and we've had a few instances of legislators in their cars within the city's jurisdiction <laughs> taking votes. Uh, so it's been a pretty fascinating dynamic, and it's most likely the case that because of the crisis, and everything going on that we'll have to have a number of special sessions uh, called this summer, uh, especially since the governor is uh, going to likely extend his emergency powers. That requires uh, him to also call back the legislature when he does that. Well, sounds like there's a lot of creativity going on out there. In- indeed, and, and folks uh, have been uh, really, uh, it just means that uh, cell phone numbers and, and uh, Zoom calls and everything's at a premium. It's harder to, you know, like you would in a normal session where you can walk around the Capitol and run into legislators and grab their arm and uh, buttonhole them on something. It's a little harder to do that. You can't just make appointments and go in and visit people. Um, you know, people, uh, their calendars and their times are at a premium, and so uh, you got to be able to connect with people as quickly as possible, and so the work of the lobbyist becomes harder, although there is a little bit more time for citizens to do uh, online webinars and uh, online meetings with legislators. So we're working on a few town halls uh, with legislators next week, and there's actually a surprising amount of availability. So it's, there's some challenges, but then there are some opportunities as well. Sure. Well, good luck with all of that. But uh, in our introduction, we mentioned that you were going to be focusing today on how the uh, Minnesota Catholic Conference is helping to empower students to defend life and dignity. Tell us about that. Well, we've been doing some successful events uh, every uh, other year called Catholics at the Capitol, where we invite Catholics from across the state to come to St. Paul for a morning of 
prayer and formation, and then they are uh, sent in mission to the capital to be advocates for life and dignity. And we've always incorporated students, and particularly the Catholic high school students in that, and have had a good turnout, and it's been an informative opportunity. We've also been thinking about having a uh, dedicated student day, same event, but in a student capacity. And, and we thought with the need to create the programming and content for distance learning, uh, what better time right now than uh, to create a program around those themes dedicated to students and then done over the Internet uh, through Zoom that would uh, give them the tools and equip them and inspire them, really. I think that's the most important thing is inspire them to become missionary disciples in the public arena. So on May 12th, we're doing a program called Lessons in Advocacy, and it's it's a really a, an introduction to what missionary discipleship in the public arena looks like. It's not just about becoming citizen lobbyists, but, but when Catholics go to the Capitol, they're not just citizen lobbyists, they're missionaries and evangelists, and we always have to remember that. And so what does that look like? What does that mean? And this is just a brief, this program's a brief introduction to young people who have passion and ideals and want to make a difference, and we want to equip them and form them to be missionary disciples in the public arena. Are there um, instructors and teachers included in that? Oh, yeah. So it's a, it's a great 90-minute program, and uh, people can find out more information and sign up at mncatholic.org. Again, that's mncatholic.org. But uh, a, really an interactive uh, morning. It's an, a 90-minute program. Bishop Andrew Cousins and the Archdiocese will uh, be along to present. Uh, we'll have our staff uh, sharing information, a lot of great videos and tools. An actual state legislator will be joining us uh, to answer questions about uh, the Capitol and what it means to be a citizen advocate and uh, how he uh, lives his Catholic faith as a legislator. So really a great interactive and informative program that we think that uh, teachers uh, should be really encouraging just from uh, the standpoint of basic civics, but uh, also, uh, again, I want to highlight the importance of becoming a missionary disciple at the Capitol. Yeah, it, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it seems like this is a, you know, a very important uh important program at a very important time as well it's it, it seems like uh, uh, pro-life people are uh, kind of find themselves uh, countercultural as we're finding ourselves you know fighting organizations like Planned Parenthood or trying to empower students to destroy life so <clears throat> excuse me where did this idea come from well I think you hit it right on the head is that there, there's a need to form and, and equip uh, young people in the Church's vision of a consistent ethic of life, promoting the sanctity of life from womb to tomb and uh, human flourishing in between. And we're politically homeless these days. I don't think people feel uh, that they belong in one party or another in many cases, and they're looking for ways to engage politically, but outside of the typical right-left Republican-Democrat, blue-red conservative, liberal, binary, whatever you want to call it. And Catholic social teaching presents that vision that transcends politics. You can be pro-life and believe that we should be working to protect the environment, our common home as well, uh, because we don't just want uh, life to be protected, we want it to flourish. And caring for our common home and making sure that we have a clean environment to live in uh, and steward that for future generations is an important thing. You can be pro-family, and pro-immigrant, and in fact, our immigration perspective is rooted in the idea of keeping families together. So understanding Catholic social teaching is this great gift. It's like a mental model that helps us see the whole and allows us to get out of that false right-left binary and be consistent advocates for life at every stage. That's the message that we really need to impart, and when we do that well and when we do that effectively, it really excites people 
uh, we just need to do a better job of doing it uh, and presenting what that beautiful vision of Catholic social teaching really is. And as Pope John Paul II said, it's a mode of evangelization. It, it can be evangelical, and that's our experience in the Minnesota Catholic Conference is when we present the Church's vision in full, even if a legislator might agree with, disagree with us on the abortion issue or on the life issues, he or she understands that it's part of a consistent ethic, that we don't uh, ignore the plight of the child after the child is born, that we want good education, good health care, shelter, uh, food stamps, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that we understand those things. And so it, it gives credibility to the pro-life witness when you're also talking about human flourishing after the child is born. Right. I think that consistency is really important, and it's a, you know, it, unfortunately it doesn't lend itself to... Uh, uh, sound bites too easily because um, you know it, it it takes a little bit more to explain how the the church the church's social teaching is uh, consistent across the board and I think a lot of people were kind of surprised back when the bishops came out on immigration they kind of you know so many people put the church in a in a political box and it really doesn't belong there because it is not a political organization and I think it's important that. Uh, you know, that uh, we get past that so that people will understand that Catholic social teachings is beyond politics. Yeah, it really tra- transcends. It's, it's, it's not a, a middle ground or a third way. It really transcends that right-left divide. And, and unfortunately, in a, in a nation with a two-party system, uh, you know, that, that makes it difficult for people, and we've got to do the best we can with the choices that we're given. But I think we also have to identify and hold up those politicians who are trying to transcend that that false binary and and be pro-family and pro-immigrant, pro-life and uh, pro-environmental stewardship uh, as well, and and find those and really uh, hold those politicians up as examples and and models. It was unfortunate that Democrat Dan Lipinski in Illinois was defeated by a prime in a primary in the Democratic primary in Illinois because he was one of those great pro-life leaders within the Democratic Party, but uh, he's effect- he was effectively excommunicated, and that that just gives people a deeper sense that the parties. Uh, the way they're situated, that's it's picking the lesser of two evils and working within the lesser of two evils, and instead of being given a real choice about um, our elected officials and, and finding people who embrace that consistent ethic, right, and getting them back to that place that we call, you know, finding common ground. When common ground really essentially is the dignity of the human person, and if we can all start working from that um, perspective, I think we'll see some changes and some um, growth. Yeah, we've got to find common ground for the common good. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad you mentioned that. And uh, it's amazing how you can get people's attitudes to change about even contested issues like abortion when you try to work with them and build them common ground and build with them common ground. You're not just castigating them as being pro-abortion or whatever, but working with them and saying, yeah, we're going to disagree on that. And that's an important issue and we should continue to talk about it. But at the same time, we should also be uh, working to find ways where we can promote human dignity and the common good together. And then through that work, help them to see how there is a consistency in this ethic and help them connect the dots. And you'd be surprised uh, how often that actually occurs. Um, one of those issues is surrogacy, uh, which is a very much a pro-life issue, but seeing how if they're concerned about human trafficking and the exploitation of economically disadvantaged women, that surrogacy, which often involves abortion uh, through selective reduction, is another form of what we call reproductive trafficking or exploitation. And so it's those moments that, that make the worth encouraging and important and, 
show the importance of uh, trying to find common ground for the common good when you can. Right, and not objectifying the human person. For those of you, you of our listeners who might just be tuning in, <clears throat> I'd like to remind you that you are listening to Real Presence Live, and our guest is Jason Atkins, the Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. And thank you for tuning in. We're really glad to have you today. And uh, anyway, back to the interview. Jason, where can, they, where can people find out more information about this uh, program so they can sign up? Just go to our website at mncatholic.org. Again, that's mncatholic.org, and there's a big uh, write-up on the front page, Lessons in Advocacy. Again, a great program for uh, students, their families, teachers, and folks looking for great content uh, right now during distance learning and what's going on. But again, not just uh, the, the tools you need to be an effective citizen lobbyist, uh, but also a way of thinking about our work in the public arena is a form of missionary work, a form of evangelization. Pope Francis says that politics is one of the highest forms of charity, and so how do we do that? How do we live that great vision and uh, bring our passion, our zeal, and our defense of the human person and the dignity of the human person at all stages? How do we bring that into the public square? And that's what Lessons in Advocacy is really all about. So again, nncatholic.org for more information, promotional materials, and a sign-up. Is it limited to Minnesota residents, nope. Jason? Oh, it's not. So anyone can anyone can attend. Very good. Well, I imagine there are a lot of other things going on with the Minnesota Catholic Conference. Are there any other things that are happening that you'd like to mention? Well, there's some key uh, key issues that are coming up, and and uh, <clears throat> that folks need to be thinking about is the way in which broadband access has become uh, not just a lifestyle choice, but a necessity for many people, whether it's through distance learning or uh, a way of providing information in many places in rural areas. And greater Minnesota, for example, broadband access is spotty or non-existent, but it's, a, it's become a lifeline, ordering food, supplies in many instances when stores are shut, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So how do we start thinking about broadband access as a utility and not simply an amenity. And so that's an important discussion going on at the Capitol, and we're going to be talking with legislators. But there's also probably going to be a bonding bill, and a bonding bill is about state construction projects. We've been talking all this session about water quality and what are the, what are the building and construction infrastructure we need, needs that we have as a state to ensure safe drinking water. Uh, for all people. And so those are some key issues coming up uh, within the next two weeks here that as we wind down towards session that we're really looking on, looking at and focusing on and are going to be a focus with our uh, legislators in our meetings, along with, uh, again, reminding them about the dangers of assisted suicide and helping them connect the dots between what we're seeing during this COVID crisis and the mentality that leads to assisted suicide, treating people um, as no more than a cost or a burden on the health care system. So some big issues coming up in the next two weeks. Now the, the broadband access certainly seems to have come into uh, uh, a certain sort of prominence now with the quarantine, with all the uh, various uh, Zoom meetings and things that are going on that are you know really kind of necessary to keep things going. That's right. It's not just an economic development tool, and it is that, but it's also an economic security tool now <laughs> okay. in many ways. Okay. And so we've got to treat it like that and find out, find ways to get people better and cheaper access to it. It's, it's really a lifeline, especially in a time like this. Yes. Well, Jason, our, I'm sorry, but our time is up, but we certainly want to thank you for being our guest again. 
Uh, it's 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 just it's fun to have you, and it's 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 interesting to hear what's going on in the state of Minnesota as far as the uh, the efforts of the the North the, the the Minnesota Catholic Conference. And so, thank you for your time today with us. Well, it's a blessing to be with you. Thanks so much for having me on, and I'll look forward to uh, being on right here next week at the same time. Okay, great. <laughs> thank you, Jason. Thank you. Up next, what does return to normalcy normalcy look like after this <laughs> pandemic? Whoa, this is a bad day for me. Is there a normal? That's what we'll talk about with Dr. Paul Carson, an infectious disease and public health specialist. You won't want to miss this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 